Hi, and welcome to our podcast called Asking Better Questions. My name is John Newsham. And I am Shane Chan. We're just two friends encouraging one another to seek God more. It's important to point out with our title, we're not suggesting that we ask better questions than other people are asking. We're just wanting to improve the questions that we ask. It's important to keep learning and growing, and that involves asking better and better questions. That'll never end with our journey with God. So, Shane, uh, a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about uh, the fact that you sometimes struggle, not with reading English, but with uh, being able to communicate what you're reading with other people. Um, how have you gone lately when people have asked you to spell things like your name? Thanks for asking me that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horrible question to ask. Thanks for reminding everyone that I struggle with reading. Uh, so <laughs> I had a thing um, happen to me the other day when uh, someone called me and was trying to figure out what my name was. And they asked me to spell my middle name. My middle name is Orwish. And so I started to spell my middle name. And when I finished spelling my middle name, I just realized I didn't actually spell my middle name. I spelled my sister's middle name, which is Orwashi. <laughs> and yeah, it was just a big sort of, wait a minute, I, I forgot how to spell my own name. So I don't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Now now everyone knows. Um. <laughs> yes. So on that note, uh, might be time to get into something spiritual. So we're going to head into our first segment called Random Scripture. So this is where we flip the Bible to a random page and read a few verses that catch our eye on that page. Then we have a discussion about that verse and we let that discussion take on a life of its own. So this is not the way that we recommend doing your daily devotions. Much better to have some sort of reading plan. But in this case, uh, we think it has its place for this segment. So are you ready if I flip the scriptures, Shane? Yes, I am. Okay, so we've gone to the book of Isaiah. And we're in chapter 14 and starting at verse 21. Prepare a place to slaughter his sons for the sins of their forefathers. They are not to rise to inherit the land. And cover the earth with their cities. I will rise up against them, declares the Lord Almighty. I will cut off from Babylon her name and survivors. Her offspring and descendants, declares the Lord. I will turn her into a place for owls and into a swamp land. I will sweep her with the broom of destruction, declares the Lord. Wow, you couldn't have chosen a better scripture, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a scripture. Did you start at verse 21? Prepare a place to sort, slaughter his children. <laughs> How are you going with that lately, Pastor John? <laughs> well, so to be fair, uh, this is spoken to the city of Babylon, and I'm not currently in Babylon. So, uh, you know, just from a historical context point of view, it's not speaking directly to me, but I'm, I'm sure uh, as you're about to show us that we can still get something from it and that God can speak to us. That is right. So, Pastor John, this verse sounds like God is angry at someone. And the reason for that is um, Babylon, they had, um, they had taken God's people captive and have mistreated them in a lot of different ways. And so God is on his people's side. So we serve a God who is good God and he's bringing justice to his people. So this is just a verse that we have sort of randomly got which actually talks about God making things right. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you flip back to the start of the chapter, it actually starts with the phrase, the Lord will have compassion on Jacob once again, and he will choose Israel as his people. 
and settle them in their own land. And so the context of this, as you say, that, that God is doing justice. And I think particularly in the way we talk about things in our culture today, we don't really like the concept of justice. We don't like, uh, you know, if, if someone's done something wrong to us, we want justice. But when we see something that we perhaps don't see as that bad and then we see something happening that could be considered justice. We, we have this tension inside us that we don't like punishment. We don't like that sort of level of discipline. And so we do. We are obviously going to struggle with this, partly because it's cultural, but partly because we don't really understand what was going on at the time. And so, you know, uh, Babylon was a great empire. It was uh, the superpower of the world at the time. And they just went through and they conquered. And, uh, you know, they were very creative and... Uh, very clever in the way they conquered and the way they then captured other nations. And God said beforehand that the discipline that he was bringing on Israel, because they continually turned away from him, was that he was going to bring in a nation which wasn't righteous and he was going to use that nation to bring correction. But then because of the way that they were living, he was also going to bring correction to them. And so it's a very complicated thing. And I, I know that uh, modern day Christians and secular people alike struggle with the concept of God being this brutal and this punishing. And when we, when we put it into that context, we're going to struggle. Uh, when you put it into the context of for 70 years, Israel have been waiting for the day that's being talked about here, that they've been taken from their homeland, they've, been, uh, they've had their children taken away from them, Lots of them have been killed for not bowing down and worshipping the king of Babylon. Uh, lots of them have been uh, all sorts of different punishments and, and problems have been caused for them by these people, Babylon. And these people, the, the Babylonians, were not in any way respecting of the God of Israel. And so, you know, when you put it into that context, you suddenly say, oh, something should be done. And so I think the, the issue that we're going to have is, firstly, can we see what was the cause of this punishment being needed? And secondly, was the punishment too big or too small for what was going on? And I think that's probably the two areas we're most likely to struggle with this passage. Yeah, I, I think God is a good judge. And when you look it into that uh, context that if God is a good judge, what does a good judge do? If people have been bad, if people have broken the laws, if people have not been treated right, they make sure that there's laws in place that they're going to fight for and give people justice. And if someone betters someone, we, we will all rise against that person to say, that was wrong, you need some sort of punishment. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and you look at it in that context that if God is a good judge, that's what he's doing here. He's being a good judge. People have been bad. The Babylonians have been bad and have done some terrible things. So a good judge would always go and say, hold on a minute, that is not right. And there needs to be some punishment attached to this because what you've been doing is wrong. Yes, there has been a, they love you. They have a lot of compassion on you. And there's all of that. But if you have been wrong, the law says we deserve to be punished. So you just can't get away with murdering someone or you can't get away with just stealing some stuff. No, there, there has been laws in, put in place that we need to follow. And so 
that's that that's what a good judge will do a good judge wouldn't just let them off the hook and and say to them you know what matter that's not so such a bad thing go no that'll be a bad judge so our god is a good judge and and he wants to um make things right for his people yeah and with that you know if you go to different countries there'll be different levels of punishment for you know you mentioned murder i know uh, in our news over the last couple of decades there's been lots of stories about people that have gone from our nation overseas and then they've broken a law in that country and they've been punished by that country for breaking the law and sometimes those punishments seem a lot more harsh than what we would expect in those moments yeah. there's outcry from people saying how can our government let that happen and you know there's there's that tension that happens because within our country that crime if it even is a crime would be a much smaller much less punishment and yet they've gone overseas and they've been punished a lot and so whether we think the thing was right or not we have an issue with how harsh the other government are and we we cry out to our government saying you should go over there and you should stop that and that then causes a lot of diplomatic issues because our country don't have the sovereign right to go into another country and tell them what their judicial system should look like. We don't our our government yeah. don't have the right to go over there and make decisions, make judgments and change laws in that country. And so there becomes this great tension. And I think that's a little bit like this scenario here that for us looking to God saying he should judge differently or he should have different rules, uh, we we need to be a little bit careful, but also uh, you know, it's fine to say this is what God is pronouncing as judgment over that nation, but that nation don't believe in God. So they're not going to sit there and say, well, if God has said that, then we're going to take that into account and we're going to do this and this and this. No, they've said, we don't care what God says about this. We're going to do things the way we want to do it. And we don't believe God has the power to do that anyway. And then you look back at history yep. and you see these sorts of predictions, they actually did happen. And... So not only does God have the, the morality within himself to say, this is, what I, this is the way that I believe, I, I'm saying things should be done, but he also has the sovereign power to rise nations up and pull nations back down again. And that's actually the main point of the book of Daniel, is that God has the ability to lift nations up, and he did that with Babylon, and they didn't follow him, they didn't turn to him, they didn't serve or, or worship him. They didn't offer him uh, anything. And eventually, through their sin, he ended up pulling that nation back down again. Yeah. So, you know, one of the reasons that we do this segment, Shane, is because we want to avoid our pet topics. And I have to say that uh, God's punishment, God's discipline in over the nations, over history, is not one of the subjects that I've either studied into a lot or particularly preached on in my time of ministry I, this isn't uh, one of the focus things it has come up a couple of times while we've been flipping scriptures and uh, you know it is the the nature of this segment so it's not a comfortable topic it's not one that either of us would have wished as I was going to flip the scripture no. uh, but uh, it is it's in the Bible and so we're not going to shy away from it we're not going to hide from it 
and uh, even though we probably wouldn't have chosen it if we were using a different structure for our segment. That's right. So if you have questions, we'd love to hear them. We can't promise that we'll be able to answer them, uh, as you saw with this last passage, but we will try to have a conversation about them. So you can send your questions to askingbetterquestionspodcast at gmail.com. So some exciting news today, Shane. We're going to be discussing the first question that we've actually received directly from someone who has been listening to our podcast. Awesome. So the question that we've been asked is, what do you do when God says no? Don't you love that? That's such a big question. And that's something that everyone sort of struggles with. And I don't know about you, but I've had it since I was a kid. I was taught how to pray. And so what are the things that you pray as a kid? You pray that you get your favorite toy. Uh, and that's, you know, a regular prayer that you're praying and your parents basically says no. So you're always stuck there thinking if God said no or your parents said no. But then there's other prayers you pray. I don't know if you have done this, Pastor John. But for me, growing up, I would have crushes on girls. And I would pray this prayer. God, please let this be, girl be the one. Let her be the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. And I would start imagining my life uh, with this person. But now that I look back at it, I'm glad God said no to a lot of them. And he said a no to a lot of girls that I I was interested in. And I thank God for that. Even though at the time I was like, oh no, my world is coming crashing down. Me being a five-year-old boy. Um, but that's that was just the nature of things that those are the things you sort of pray about. And then God says no. And that's something funny that has happened in my life. Yeah. And so, you know, you touch on that. And part of that is simply that we need maturity. And so... You know, parents often say no to their kids. And, you know, I have scenarios in my family where I will say no to my kids and they uh, will get upset, they'll cry. And I'm looking at it as an adult, as an adult, and I'm seeing that thinking that just seems so ridiculous that they would be crying over me saying no to that. And yet, at their time, if I put myself back into their shoes when I was their age, it's probably the same sorts of things that I used to get upset with. And yeah. so we we make them eat healthy food because all they want to eat is the junk and the lollies and things like that. Uh, we, we make them do jobs that they don't want to do, like tidying their room or things like that. And I haven't really... I can't remember a time when my kids have volunteered and said, I'm going to go and tidy my room for anything short of so that they can get some other reward. So sometimes my son will come to me and say, oh, if I do this job, can I then do this task or this fun thing that I want to do? And so they, they try to negotiate and manipulate. And that's the only time I've ever had my kids volunteer to do something like tidying their room is for that purpose. And so as an adult, we look at that and say, we actually have to put those boundaries in. And we you know, got a little bit of a glimpse of that in the random scripture that we flipped to. Um, yeah, that, that God put those boundaries in and we look at those boundaries and we say they don't really make sense to us we wouldn't put the boundary there if it was us making the decision as you say you know you, you prayed uh, for this girl and that girl that they would be the one for you and eventually you found Louisa and so now because God put you and Louisa together you're glad and you look back and you say yeah God knew better than I did and, That's and right. the same thing hopefully one day when my kids are grown up 
they'll look at the vegetables that they're eating and say, I'm glad my parents taught me to eat vegetables because now look, I'm healthier. And so that's the, the, the simple part of the response is that we're less mature, less knowledgeable, have less understanding than God. And so there needs to be some element of trust that if God is saying no, that he knows what's best. And the Bible says that God's ways are higher than our ways. And so part of that is simply saying, God, I trust you and I'm going to trust that you know better than I do. Yeah. And let's take it back a step saying what happens like in our adult life now and God is, we we are wanting something really bad. Other there's, there's life decisions that we're making right now. Maybe it's a house you really want. Maybe it's a place you really want to go to live. Maybe it's a job you really want. And and maybe there's some difficult questions. Maybe you're go, going through a breakup. You're going through a divorce. And there's a lot of things that are going around in your world right now. And those things make it harder. And there's things that you really want because of the emotion you're in. And because uh, of where you're at, you think by yourself, this is probably a, the best idea. This is probably a really good idea. If I get this job, if I get this house, if I move to this place, uh, if if I still being, be, end up be, being with this person. And there's lots of those questions that we ask. Yeah. And then we come to God. And, and there's the aspect of God like, okay, what does God want? Am I, first of all, living in God's blessing. Because if I'm not living with God and in His purpose, then I'm obviously far away from it. So in our lives, we should be questioning to ourselves that am I following in God's footsteps what He has laid out in front of me? Am I wanting what God wants for me? Because um, in, in Mark chapter 10, verse 18 says, no one is good except God alone. So He's a good God and He wants good things for us. And then we have all the situations that happen that we start thinking with our mind, this will be good for us. And then all of a sudden you might have this experience saying, God coming to say to you, no, I do not want that for your life. And all of a sudden you doubt yourself. You start to feel maybe even a betrayal. You might start to feel there's something going on that why doesn't God want me to have this? Clearly in your mind you can see this is a good thing, but God has just said no. Yeah, And it comes matter of how much do you trust God? You know, he is the creator of this whole universe. He sees everything. He, he has created you and he is your father. He wants the best for you. So do you trust God when he says no to you? And that becomes a big thing. Uh, for me, it becomes a big thing in my life that I want to take each step knowing God has said yes. And I wouldn't make a step unless I hear clearly from God because I know how important he is. I know he knows best for me. I know better than me. I know myself. He knows me. He knows my heart's desires. He has searched my heart. And, and he knows everything that I'm thinking. Sometimes even pride can hold us back. Where we are very prideful on our answer. This is what we want. And this is what we're going to get. Mm. And God says no. And it, it hurts your pride. And then you have to think about do I still, you know, carry on with this um, because you have that kind of pride? Or do I just submit to God and say, all right, because God said, no, I can go on with this. So it does become, in our adult life, it, it becomes harder because 
we sort of necessarily don't ha- might not have parents around now to say no to us when we were kids because they were um, in charge of our lives. But when we come into adulthood and when you don't have anyone in charge of your life, it's just you who's making all the decisions. And you're listening to God to help you with, the, with those things. So as a kid, you probably don't get a choice. But as an adult, you do. Yeah. And when you do get the choice, are we making the right choices? And do we understand um, what God is trying to say to us? Yeah. And so obviously you and I, Shane, we have a, uh, like an internal bias for the prophetic. And so we generally talk about conversations that we have with God. What did God say to us? And I, I feel like that's available for, uh, for anyone. Anyone who wants to follow after God can have that. And Moses said, I wish that all my people would be prophets. Uh, so all of God's people should be prophets, I should say. And, and so there is that tendency to go there. But one of the things that a lot of people struggle with is that when they pray, they don't necessarily hear anything in response. They, they, they pray and they feel like they're the only one talking. And so yep. uh, I, I hear what you're saying about being open to what God wants me to do and therefore bringing my suggestions before God even actually saying, and, and that's probably somewhere where I struggled when I was growing up, I was more than happy to do what God wanted me to do, but to actually bring him requests I found rather difficult. And so I've had to learn how to bring my requests to God and the the part of letting God say no isn't that difficult for me. The part of me actually asking is the hard part. And so I have that different struggle. But a lot of people, um, they wouldn't necessarily hear God say no. And so not only the question is, what do, what do we do if God does say no? But also, how do we know if God's saying no? And so I think, you know, just talking about the voice of God and God actually speaking to us, I think would probably make this a bit more difficult a conversation for some people. But if we just broaden that out slightly and include scripture uh, as one of the areas, the ways that God speaks to us. And if I'm reading the Bible and the Bible says something is right or wrong or good or bad, and I look at that and I disagree with that, do I let the Bible speak into my life or not? Becomes the same question. Do I actually allow the scripture to challenge my beliefs? Uh, And, you know, within that, then you broaden that out further and you start to include questions like, what about those who have authority over me? And so obviously the natural secular governments of this world are not always going to be representing God's word and God's will clearly. But yet there is a responsibility on us from scripture to submit to those authorities. and, And that becomes a much more challenging thought because we see in scripture sometimes where uh, the authority came and said, you can't do this. And God was saying uh, to do it. And then you end up with that tension in there of trying to wrestle between the two. And as you broaden this question out to include more and more categories, you do end up blurring the lines a little bit. But ultimately, the challenge becomes, as you mentioned about pride, the challenge becomes a question of humility. Do I allow other people to say no to me? Do I allow yeah. other people? And then... The degree to which we go up the list and eventually at the top of the authority list is God. Anyone that's on that list, do do people have the right? And so large organizations have come undone because the boss had no one that could say no to him. And mm. that becomes a problem. Uh, but then if 
someone saying one thing to you and someone else is saying something different and God is saying something different again, then prioritizing God without causing uh, either disobedience or dishonor becomes much more of a challenge. And so I think to be reasonable with this question, we have to include the fact that God actually often goes against common sense. Yeah. And so common sense will tell us one thing and people will generally tell us something that lines up with common sense. People normally have, and, and our own mind grabs onto it and says, yes, that's the way things should be. And one of the reasons that God says differently to that is to challenge us out and actually ask this question, what do I do if God says something different to what I want? And so yeah. we need to have a look at that as the biggest question. If God and me want different things, who needs to change? Yeah, that's a very big question. Who needs to be changed? And the, and that's that's the thing it comes you know back to the pride like who needs to change it's definitely us and he, here's the thing that even jesus um said um in luke chapter 22 if you read it and um uh, luke tells us that jesus prayed this prayer father if you're willing remove this cup from me and and he he cried out and and with tears and and his prayer and all of this and he was in agony and his sweats became um, like drops of blood. And and you look at that picture, it's like he's going to the Father saying, God, please take this cup from me. What you're saying is, it's too hard. Yeah. And God gracefully says no. And this is where here, Jesus talked to God and God says to Jesus, no. So in that moment, Jesus had to change. He had to change what he was saying. Yeah. And 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 we look at that picture. Wow. Jesus went through the same thing like like we do in his humanity. Jesus had had asked a question and God said no. So we see it's the same thing that we go through as human beings. When when God says something different to what what we're praying for, there's that heartache. We might be in tears. We, we might be praying every day, hope God changes his mind. And what if he doesn't? And that's the answer God is giving you. And, and it comes with that, who needs to change? We need to deal with ourselves then saying, I need to deal with this. Yes, I'm hurt by this. Yes, I didn't expect this answer. Yes, I, didn't, um, com- I can't comprehend what's going on right now. But ultimately what God is saying is right for my life and he knows the best for my life so whatever it takes i'm going to be willing to drop everything and choose god there's a illustration that um, i gave to um, my youth leaders and basically on in one hand i had a uh, chocolate bar and on one on the other hand my hand was empty and i said this is everything in the hand that I had the chocolate. I said, this is everything you ever want in your life. And, and God comes along and says, choose between the empty one and choose between the chocolate bar. This is everything you ever wanted in your life. But that empty hand represented God. Who would you rather choose? Yes, this hand is very attractive right now. Yes, you want to choose this hand because there's something on it. And you can see it and it's achievable. It's right there. It's everything you ever wanted. 
But what if God says, I want to choose something else. I don't want to choose you that. And I'm, I'm saying no to that. What will you do? And normally people might choose a chocolate bar because it might seem too hard. You can't see nothing. You can't see a future. You can't see a hope in front of you. And, and it's just like, but why? And so, but what you don't realize later down when you actually choose God, all those things and even more will be added onto you because that's what God's uh, word says. And if not, you're going to have all those things and better things that God might have for your life. And it's usually a hard decision when you can you can see things um, in, in your in the physical and it's achievable and it's doable. But when, when God says don't go that way, you can't see any other way. That's where it becomes really difficult and that's when you, you might get really emotional and that's when you might even make a wrong choice. Yeah. And and that has happened to many people, that has happened to me, and I'm sure Pastor John at some stage might have happened to you, uh, where we might have made a wrong choice regarding what God has wanted. Yeah, so it has happened to me. And I think the the idea the I think the problem where I've had the most struggle with this one is where people who apparently have authority, apparently have some sort of wisdom and insight, speak into the same scenario as what I know God is speaking into. And the challenge then becomes not only who do you listen to, because that is actually a foggy question when it's people in authority for you over you that are saying it, but also the challenge of if I actually don't have the authority to make the decision. There, but I know which way God is speaking. And, and that those struggles in there actually become quite difficult. And so I remember God speaking to me something very clearly. And everyone that I went to said, that can't be God. That wouldn't be God. God would do something different to that. And so I decided that everyone else was probably right and I was probably wrong. And so I did what I knew God had said not to do. And in that, I found three months later, God created a circumstance by which I could have done what he said and still other people would have still accepted that as a decision. But I couldn't see that far ahead. And so I made the decision based on the information that I had rather than on trusting God. And I remember the the results of that in my life, I just saw time and time again that we had struggles and we had pain because God was effectively warning us of those things and saying, follow me instead, and we chose not to. And so since then, I, I think I mentioned in a previous podcast, since then I've been determined in my life, I won't do that again. And it's a difficult thing because what God says to us often doesn't make sense. And also yeah. what God says only seems good with hindsight. So, And even then sometimes it doesn't look that great. But the cost is almost always up front. And the benefit is long-term. Whereas the things that we want, like you, you showed about the, uh, the chocolate bar, that's a very immediate thing. And often the things that we want are things that are pleasing or desirable now and will pay for them later. And so the chocolate bar is a long-term payment and a short-term gain. Whereas what God yeah. wants to give us is a short-term payment followed by a long-term gain. And that's so, right. So that process... Uh, actually then becomes the other way around. And so we have to start asking the question. We need to keep the humility for the people around us. The Bible says that through a multitude of counselors, there's great wisdom. And so we need to have the humility to allow other people's opinions in, but we also need to have the strength to say, but we know what God said. 
so within that, I just want to sort of pose a couple of questions around that one because there's room for error in all of this. And yeah. when God speaks to us, there's always a reason to doubt. And God promises us in the scripture through various pictures and forms that that's going to continue to happen. And one of those is the parable of the sower. And one of those also is the, the parable of the curse. That uh, Sorry, not the parable. So just edit that out slightly. One of those is the way that God curses us in the Garden of Eden is actually painting a picture of the fact that there will always be a reason to doubt. There'll always be another voice that comes in apart from God to say this is the way that it should be. And so then we have to wrestle with that. And so within our own life, we have to have the humility to allow other people to speak into it and for God to speak into it. But we also have to have the strength to work out which one, is this God or not? Is this Because if this is God, then this is what we need to do. And then also you see a picture in the scripture that the prophets would come and they would hear clearly from God. They would bring it to the people that are in authority. And it was no longer their responsibility that they'd presented the word of God. It was now up to the leaders of that time to make a decision. Firstly, do we believe this is God at all? And secondly, if it is God, what are we going to do about it? And all of that process becomes the complication and the difficulty because the answer to the question, what if God says no, the simplicity of the answer is, well, then the answer is no. We call him Lord for a reason. We call him Lord yeah. because we're giving him the authority to rule our life. That's that's the that's simplest right. answer. But the complicated answer is, how do you really know it was God? What, what if you have some weird thing that happens and now you think it's God? Or what about when you've read the scripture and the scripture directly opposes what you think God said to you? Or at least your understanding of the scripture directly opposes what God said to you. And so then you've got to wrestle through, well, well which one was God? Which one am I hearing wrong or hearing right? And I don't know if you remember this, Shane, but we went on a trip a little while ago. And in the middle of the trip, God spoke something to me. And then at the end of the trip, just before we're about to come home, God spoke something to you. And yes. those two things seem to oppose each other. And yeah. you weren't aware at the time of what God had said to me, but you were saying, this is what you felt God was saying to you. And I knew that it didn't line up with what God had said to me. And so I remember you getting frustrated because I was sort of putting pressure on you to go a certain way. And you knew what God had said to you. And I was getting frustrated because I knew what God had said to me and you weren't willing to budge. And so we, we right. had quite a bit of a disagreement over a couple <laughs> of days. And in the middle of that, I eventually said to, I don't think I said it to you. I, I said it to God at least. I said, God, he believes God spoke to him. And so I know there's no way I'm going to get him to budge. But yeah. I know what you said to me. And so I need you to speak to him or there's nothing I can do to make this happen. I can't fix this problem. And then you woke up in the morning and you said, God had given you a scripture and it confirmed what you were saying it said to you. And so yes. then I, I just knew there's, there's no way to budge him. And I don't know how you got the scripture, any of that. So then we fast forward that. And within probably about two weeks, I suddenly realized why God said two different things. And it wasn't that they opposed. They weren't even linked in one way, but we couldn't do both the way that they made sense. And I look back yeah. on it and I can see God had a much bigger plan. God had a much bigger process. And both of those two things just meshed together so perfectly that things that we could not have possibly organized any other way 
just happened by accident. That's right. I remember in that process just being so angry with you for being so stubborn (laughs) because I knew what God had said and I had faithfully done everything I could to follow it and you were just digging your heels in and not willing to budge. And so I had to just take my hands off and say, God, he believes God spoke to him. I believe you spoke to me. I will do the best to do what I can for what you've said. And I have to trust that you're going to sort him out. And then I think we were in church in a uh, sort of a random spot. We are on our way home. We just went to church on Sunday morning. And the preacher got up and he used the same scripture. Like it was a different reference, but it was basically saying the identical thing to the scripture that God had given you that Sunday morning. And so That's I had right. to say at that point, not not just, oh, well, God, Shane believes you spoke to him, so I can't budge him. But God, I believe you spoke to Shane now. But it doesn't make sense because I also know you spoke to me and I couldn't get the two things to work together. And so then it was still another two weeks after that. I just had to say, God, I don't get it. I know what you said to me. I now know that you spoke to Shane. I don't understand how it fits together, but I'm going to have to trust you and we'll just work with it. And that's right. From my side, it was also a bit frustrating that, wait, God, you spoke to me this thing. And what Pastor John is saying is something something completely different. So you And that's how I got the scripture. God, you have to give me a scripture because there's no other way I can say to Pastor John that you are speaking. I was like, I need to get something that I can show him that what you're speaking to me is right. And and that morning, as you talked about, I got the scripture. And the, how I got the scripture was just like how we do our random verse uh, sessions. And yeah. so I basically prayed, God, give me a scripture, open my Bible randomly, and there it was. And I was like, thank you, God, for confirming it, it to me. I hope Pastor John understands this since you have given me a scripture. And and I was like, I don't know what to do with this scripture. And I, and I shouted to you, this is what God has said. So bad luck. I, I, I just, this is what Pastor John has taught me not to disobey God. So this is your doing. You taught me not to disobey God when God spoke. So I, like I can't do anything about this. And in that it was it was a fight because uh, you were my pastor and, and I trust what you were saying from God it is 100% right. So there was in me, there was doubt. Like, why have you speaking differently to me, God? And am I wrong? Is there something that I'm holding on to that I shouldn't be? Because I completely trust uh, what you have spoken to Pastor John. But you have spoken to me so clearly that I can't deny it's you. So uh, for me, I needed to get more proof from God. What I was holding on to was actually from God. Because I I have a pastor who says God spoke something different. And then I don't think I've ever till that point ever disagreed with you when you said this is God. (laughs) But at that moment, it was... It was like I was so sure, it was so clear that I, I can't deny it. And I was stuck there with it and it felt wrong to me. Like, how can you go against what your pastor has said? But that's exactly what has happened. And so I was trying to make a make sense of it. And then when we were um, at, at the church and God spoke through that preacher, uh, in me was like, I hope he hears this well. Um <laughs> that God is God has actually spoken to me and 
and and I remember you being frustrated at the same time as well. And it was a uh, pretty much a long day, but it was amazing, like you said, how God lined things up, and that it couldn't have worked out better. And God had a bigger purpose and plan than what we could understand. And that some some sometimes happens as well when you're doing things for God, um, or maybe it's just simple things. Why did I lose in uh, in a game? Like God, I thought you were on my side, or God, I wish I got the highest marks in my exams. I thought you were on my side, um, and and it especially comes when when we lose something, when when we expect so much uh, to win, when we know we're right, when we take a stand for something, and there's been issues uh, with with our world that we take as Christians we take a stand on for, yeah. and. And those things get pushed back into our face saying, no, we're not doing it your way. And our values have been thrown away. And we feel like we have lost this and we go to God. God, but your word says this and they're clearly going against it. We stood there and, and fought for it. But how come we didn't win? And and you feel like it's it's God's fault that you didn't win. And, and you might you might not feel like God is in it. But God is there. He might be teaching you something. He, his purpose is greater than, than our understanding. What he's trying to do sometimes can go beyond what uh, we can comprehend. And we might go through trials and, and things like that and we complain to God, why am I going through this? And, and God always comes back, this is for your good. At the end of this, you'll have a bigger purpose and plan because even though uh, the devil is there, continue to pull you down, I'm there, I'm going to lift you up. And it's also something that um, Dr. Sam Chan said, that there's no uh, gain without pain. And yeah. that, that always comes to me when I'm going through something that's painful, something when I've been said no to, that I know when this momentarily pain that you talked about, Pastor John, earlier, there's actually a bigger growth. There's a bigger thing that is happening that in the moment we can't understand. Just like the story, there's a bigger thing happening that we can't understand. Yes, there's a frustration. There's there's a point um, that you probably want to punch someone, but there's a bigger thing that is happening. And unless we get through it, we would never know. So sometimes we just need to walk through the stages, walk through the frustration, walk through the pain, walk through whatever it is that you're feeling to see what God has for you. And you, you can see how much you have grown in all of that yeah and so you know just to wrap this up you talk about growth there and ultimately god's purpose for us is to grow us to be like jesus you mentioned before jesus said you know please take this cup away from me he wanted god to change his mind but the final part of that prayer is nevertheless not my will but your will be done and there's that willingness to say this is what i want this is what you want they're different i'm still going to ask for what i want but i'm willing to take god whatever it is that you want so when I get a response from God that doesn't line up with what I was hoping for or expecting, then ultimately it's going to come down to trust. But in the process of trusting, what do I need to learn? Where is the error? Is the error in my ability to hear God? Is my error in my understanding of Scripture? Is my error in just my stubborn willingness to let go of something? Where, where is that problem between what I want and what God wants? And what do I need to change? What do I need to do? And then inviting God in to help you with that change as well. Say, God, I want to be more like Jesus. 
I want you to come and change me. I want you to take those things out of my heart that aren't supposed to be in there. Or is this somewhere where I'm actually supposed to stand up like like Moses and like a couple of other people did in scripture where they actually stood before God and said, God, this is what you're saying, but I know it doesn't line up with what you really want. I'm going to stand in the gap and I'm going to intercede for these people to say, you know, like Moses did, don't don't kill the people, kill me, take my life. And, and God says, no, 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 I see your heart. I'm going to go with you. It's all fine. And, and there's that there's times where, where God actually wants us to step in and say, God, that doesn't seem right. Pour out your love on these people. Reach out and touch them and, and, and do that. And so within that, we've got to, we've got to learn to grow and, and follow God, regardless of how we feel, regardless of how we see things. And ultimately, God's plan is trustworthy. We can trust him that yeah. it's a good plan. We can trust him that he'll get us there. That's right. So thanks for listening to Asking Better Questions with John and Shane. We'll be here again next week discussing another question, and we hope you can join us then. Don't forget to send your questions to askingbetterquestionspodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week. God bless you.